0: Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host
1: Jake and I'm your host Kyle. Welcome back everybody. I have a fake fun fact for you of the week. I like ready it. for this. <clears throat> I'm here for the fake fun. Jake, do me a favor. Hold up to your the camera here. What color ring is on your finger? Look at that a black ring. I wear a black ring. Jake, do you know what that symbolizes? the death of your marriage. Guess what Um. it really symbolizes? It symbolizes that you're married, but guess what someone tried to convince Carly that it meant this weekend? (laughs) What? So Carly was out with her friend uh, in another town, and she's out, and her friend is uh, single, right? So mingling a little bit, single and mingling. And she is talking to this guy for a while, and I can't remember uh, exactly what, what came up, but they were both like, ooh, that's kind of a red flag. Well, then Carly looks down and notices this guy has a fucking ring on his finger. And she's like, I think the ring on his finger is the bigger red flag. Yeah, I think that's the problem. And the guy goes, It's a black ring. That means I have an open marriage. (laughs) And so Carly's like, No, that's not what that means. My husband wears a black ring. I'm also married. A yeah. black ring is not an excuse to cheat on your fucking wife. I know a thousand people who wear black rings and I know all of their relationship statuses are not open marriages. A hundred percent. That is not what that means in any way, shape or form. But that is what a guy tried to convince. So that is your fake fun fact of the there next. We I'm wearing three of them. fact of so the week I'm is that somebody s- thinks in this world that that means you have an open marriage.
0: Wildly open marriage there. Let me throw three of them suckers on. Yeah, there hey, you go. that's a good fun fake fact. Fake fact. Fake fun fact. fact. Fake fun fact. There we go.
1: Dave, Uncle Kyle, welcome in. Fun fact: As breaking always. in new shoes sucks. Yes.
0: Yes, uh, it does. You know what shoes I found out are the worst to break in? They're my What's favorite that? shoes. And it's the vans, like not the not the full canvas ones, but the ones that I have are like, they're the canvas style, but they're a little bit like thicker.
1: Yes. I'll pull them up.
0: I know Imagine you're talking like about. flat vans. Yeah. The, not the about. skate shoes ones, but kind of. The back of them is—it's so hard, it's yeah. so stiff that
1: that is probably the most pain I've ever had breaking in a pair of shoes. I think my heels are permanently fucked up from wearing vans for so long. Probably because you probably the, don't even notice it. The back—I notice the pain in my heels now as an older person because I think I've been wearing these fucking shoes for too long. Uh, absolutely no heel support. Um, anyway, we should probably have a conversation about that sometime. Like, what's the worst thing that is that there is to break in? Uh, I'll have way different answers than most people. Yours are going to be like my baseball glove.
0: Gloves, bats. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of my points.
1: I don't know. But hey, is this your fun. first topic? Is this what we're starting with? It's not. Off with? I was just okay. curious. Perfect. Uh, I'm okay. about to have to break in some snowboard boots. Um, that is true. We can talk about, and those are going to be kind of gross to break in. I know that for a fact because uh, those are stiff as shit too. All right. Anyway, there's your fake fun fact. Jake, what are you drinking? We'll start there. I'm starting with
0: Imprint Beer Company's Smoogee, which is a strawberry, blueberry, waffle cone, sour type smoothie beer. It also doesn't have the alcohol percentage on here, which makes me feel like I'm about to die. Hmm. I feel like that's my sign that it's like 12%, and I just have no idea. I actually could look it up.
1: Uncle Kyle, uh, my aunt has wide feet, and she literally custom orders all of her shoes to not have such a painful break-in period. Uh, Anyway... I'm starting off with, I have a really weird combination today, so it's kind of unfortunate, but I'm going to start off with the one that I really want to drink, which is Fall River Brewing Company's uh, Irish Coffee Cream Nitro Stout. It is one of those that you need to pour vigorously. Yep. Hard pour. So I'm going to give it a shot, even though that has a tendency to never freaking work out for me. Um, But this is supposed to be like a caramelly stout, so I'm excited about it. I like it. Best enjoyed outdoors. I'm kind of outdoors. I'm not in my house, I guess. I'm kind of in my garage. Oh, this is only like
0: 6%. Thank God. I was not mentally prepared to have a 12%er to start the day off.
1: Pour vigorously. vigorously.
0: I always pour vigorously because it's the proper way to pour beer.
1: Oh, what a perfect fit. Just perfectly fits this glass. That's nice. Nice that's little a, that's pour a, there
0: right up to the top. Secretly satisfying thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a good one. All right, Jake, you ready for the first topic? Always. Here we go. Ooh, this is a combined topic because two things have happened over the last week since we lasted our podcast. Actually, multiple things have happened in two separate categories, but I want to talk about it all together. We could really do it one at a time. I don't care. One, the United States has shot down a Chinese balloon, and then at least two other UFOs, if you will, which, by the way, a UFO does not mean aliens. A UFO is just, an, no kidding, an unidentified flying object, so they shot it, down two it unidentified it doesn't not
0: mean aliens.
1: I'm just saying. True, I guess. It is unidentified, so it could be aliens. That is true. Um, so that happened, so we can talk about that first. And the really, the, what I want to know is, do you think we should have shot it down? Mostly with the Chinese balloon, not the other two things. Uh, Or if you have any other opinions. So we can start there and stop. And I break and I'll talk about the second thing if you want. Otherwise, I can introduce both right now. Um, I think we probably should have shot it down. Okay.
0: I don't think the uproar over it should have been as big as it was for a lot of people. Especially after information came out that this happened in previous presidencies as well. Yep. Um, So for me, it's one of those things where it's like, they said it's, maybe I'm too too nice to, like China said it was a weather balloon. I'm inclined to generally believe that, even if it's not, I don't really care. I don't believe
1: that shit for a second, but that's I'm okay. just
0: My goal in life is just to make it without any major wars. So as long as I make it to like 60 and we're not in a major war, I'm cool with it. As long as I'm old enough that I don't get drafted, <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to believe China for now, but honestly, uh, I don't brother. care. I don't think, realistically, it could have done much more than is, like... like I, I don't see the benefit of the balloon. Like, what is it accomplishing that something else isn't? Like, people are, like, imaging. We got Google Maps, dog. I can find anything.
1: Uh, like, I'd say you're a little misinformed on that. So, a couple I can mostly anything. A couple things. And the reason, like, the United States wanted to recover the pieces of it right or to find out what the capabilities of the balloon were specifically so they're going to very quickly know whether or not it was a weather balloon or not based on what they pick up which i'm almost guaranteeing it's not a fucking weather balloon but anyway uh on top of that you're looking at um it's not just the possibility of imagery which is definitely a possibility right like they could have a high quality camera which maybe it's better than the fidelity of what you could get on Google Maps, right? So maybe it's higher fidelity. Yeah. Also, if you didn't know this, Google Maps isn't generally going over military bases and mapping the shit out of a military base, which is what they're suspected of having done, it was flying deliberately over United States military bases with this thing. So I have a question though. How are you like navigating a balloon? That's a great question. And it was in one of the articles that's out there uh, that basically they were, uh, I think it's like assumed. At first, and reconfirmed later, I'd have to look at exactly what the article said, but to make a long story short, because of the way, like the path of travel that went over uh, the states and like went directly to like basically high interest points like military bases, they're assuming that they had some capability to steer it. I don't know whether the full answer on that ever came out, but it wasn't just being driven by the wind because the path was like, I think, too deliberate. Um, So you can look that up. But um, some sort of a vectoring capability on the balloon itself. And then Uncle Kyle said the Chinese balloon should have gotten shot down in Montana. I'm so close to agreeing with you, but in my opinion, we should have shot it down before it ever went over the States. Which, it first crossed into Alaska, I think, and it shouldn't have ever even gotten that far, Uh, in my opinion. I don't
0: have a Washington Post account, so I can't read this. So dumb. But but this... This is stating that basically we've been tracking it since it, since the island, it came off of the island that it launched from near China. Yep, Like we've been tracking it. Yep. So, um, uh, Was aimed for Hawaii, but was blown off course. This is from Reuters an hour ago. Um, down Chinese balloon, aimed for Hawaii, but was blown off course. Um, is that the, from a Chinese spokesperson that it was going for Hawaii? This is from US officials um, speaking mm. on a condition of anonymity. Um, That it looked like it was heading for Guam and Hawaii, but was blown off course by prevailing winds. Hmm. Um, Drifted across Alaska, then Canada, then the central United States before it was shot down off the coast of South Carolina. Um, Tracked it basically from the start. It has recovered the electronics from the balloon as well as large sections of the vessel itself. That's all this article states.
1: but. The big thing is, is in like there are treaties with even like, um, specifically like nuclear treaties with other nuclear mm. capable countries where we have like, uh, they have like opportunities to enforce treaties, whether it be inspecting, you know, so whatever. It's not like they're coming, flying something over the United States to like do treaty enforcement or look at the weather. There's just, that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Like they are there because probably there's some capability on that device that is a higher fidelity or better quality than what they could otherwise get. Otherwise, why would you risk it, right? And maybe their answer is because previous administrations have allowed it. And so why not keep doing it? But the big thing is, is like, you wouldn't do this unless there was a benefit, right? Like from a cost benefit scenario, specifically because right. of the global tensions, right? You don't just go and do this type of a thing unless you perceive that you're going to get some sort of a value out of it uh, because it risks so much like we're seeing right now, right? You're seeing a, a shift in the political environment because of this, um, which is could really segue into my second part of this, but instead I want to finish thoughts here. So uh my point is that, yes, I think we should have shut it down. I think we did the right thing. I think it should have happened sooner. And I don't think that anybody should be allowed to fly something unapproved over the United States. That's basically like my whole bottom line there.
0: Yeah. I Again, I generally like I recognize the severity of it, but it doesn't like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like, a Large deal, but regardless, if something comes over our airspace, like we're well within our right to shoot it down. If it doesn't, if we can't identify what it is otherwise, even if we can identify what it is and it shouldn't be there, like I see no reason
1: not to shoot it down.
0: Maybe we don't use a four hundred thousand dollar missile to shoot it down. Maybe we find something yeah. a little bit
1: cheaper. I'm well, just saying part well, of the I, problem with that is the altitude, yeah, at the height because it was flying at 60,000 feet, so yeah, um, that's part of the problem, um, or something like that, something somewhere close to that. Uh, the other thing is, is uh, you said, and I want to quickly touch on this because I think it's important. Um, you can open source, look at some really, really, really interesting shit about how Chinese States, uh, representatives manipulate media mm-hmm. and they do it in some really fucking crazy ways. And so for me, like to say, like, I believe them, they said it's a weather balloon, like not a fucking chance to like, I, I don't, they do believe some them, but my crazy dr- shit. But like,
0: so when I say I don't like, I believe them or I don't believe them, I like, my my thought process is like it really doesn't matter what they say or what I believe or what, yeah, you know, or anything like that. If the government makes the decision to shoot it down, they're going to shoot it down. If they decide not to shoot it down, they're not going to shoot it down. Like what yeah. I believe on what China says versus what we say matters zero point zero percent because I ultimately have no impact in it whatsoever. I don't know that that's totally true, but I get what you're saying. Like if it's not like it's not like the government is sending a. a a poll to our phones every day being like, should we do this and shoot this balloon down? Yeah, that's true. China says it's this, but we think it's this. Like there's just, there's nothing to me that like I don't physically control it in the moment that it's happening. So what I believe really doesn't matter right
1: now. If you think about it from like the perspective of like global or even like local politics, right though, like if there was a massive outrage from the American people about them having shot it down, right. Maybe they don't shoot down number two and number three or however many there are you know, like, so I don't think that your opinion doesn't matter in the scope of, uh, the larger picture of politics. But I, I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. The second part of this is um, uh, a quick, for example, before I move into the second full section of this, which is uh, if you didn't know, China paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money to Hollywood to make it so that the adversary in Top Gun 2 wasn't China. Yeah. So that's why it's like neutral country X as opposed to China or uh, and I, I don't know how much Russia does this too, but you can actually Google it and look on YouTube and there's a pretty good video of a lecture about uh, Chinese manipulation of Hollywood media. If you ever feel like doing that, it's actually pretty interesting shit. Okay, second part of this, because I don't have a ton of time, is chemical spills. Multiple, which is crazy. Like, yeah. how does this happen back to back to back? So you have Ohio and then you have, oh shit, what was the one right after that? I'm gonna uh, blank. Tucson. Uh, I thought there was one in between the two. I thought there was three now. Um, I could be wrong, it might just be the two, but either way you have at least Ohio and then Tucson. And if you haven't seen the videos, Ohio is fucking crazy. Like some people are taking pictures from commercial flights and it is like a fucking nuclear bomb went off. Like the there's this huge black circle in the sky. Yeah. It is insane. I saw a video of somebody who had I think it was like a radiate
0: like a Geiger count, like a radiation detector and they were like in their house and it was like off it was like going crazy
1: Yeah, and so if you didn't know I used to live in Tucson and I still get like alerts sometimes from there Yeah, and I got an alert from Tucson that said if you live where I used to live vaguely You were supposed to turn off your air conditioner Turn off your heater and do everything that you could to stay inside and not get outside air into your house Because it whatever it was was so toxic and uh the video came out shortly i saw it on reddit after that where it is like this orange chemical and it's mm-hmm. just like thick clouds yep. just going right across everybody's cars on the highway so where this actually happened i lived quite a ways away from and they're telling people that lived in my old area to keep into their house and people are literally driving their fucking cars that are pulling air into the cabin straight through this shit so like holy fucking shit, this is crazy right and uh i think the important thing to note here is at least with the train situation that it was Trump legislation that revoked certain like mandatory upgrades from the Obama administration to the rail industry that that potentially led to this right like I, I don't know that those are you know necessarily completely correlated yet but so anyway politically or otherwise I was just curious what your thoughts were on the on the train shit too um
0: because I don't want uh, to be unalive by certain agencies, I won't say my full opinions on uh, everything that's going on. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, it, it's, I think it's just a massive coincidence um, that is not maybe so massive, uh, if this makes sense. Like, it's it's a massive coincidence that all of these events are happening right now. Why is it massive coincidence? Are they trying to cover up the release of something else? And that's why the media is, is pushing their attention towards that a little bit more heavily. I'm inclined to believe that things like this happen more frequently than we hear about. Um, and the media just chooses to pushes it, push it maybe because these are more public and these are at a larger level. Um, but I think we're, we're hearing about it just because it's impossible not to hear about this kind of thing anymore. If it were to happen like back in the day, you know, shit went wrong. Like say at a nuclear power plant, you had a near, you know, Near reactor breakdown or whatever it could have been, like you maybe would have never heard about it just because social media wasn't around, the media wasn't as powerful then as it is now. Um, So I think we just hear about it a little bit more. Um, I think it's again a a crazy coincidence that two things have happened. um, I do too. I do think it's it's also not the first time this has happened though. Like there's this almost an almost identical spill of the same material um, that happened in Ohio. Happened in 2012. Um, like, it, it's not the first time these things have happened. So I think it's just a crazy coincidence that it's happening right now, which is happening, as Uncle Kyle stated in the chat, right after a certain thing was released.
1: <laughs> just saying. It was the same well, day. Uh, one of the funny things about it, too, though, is that the uh, the balloon shoot-down uh, happened similar time frame to the Ohio thing, right? And they're like, a lot of people out there are going, you know, the media is refusing to cover... Ohio in favor of covering the balloon, you know, rather than Mm. really draw attention to the fact that this is a huge problem because it's basically uh, upgrades. And I think it was like, I'd have to look at the actual like legislation from the Obama administration, but the big thing was like, they were supposed to be upgrading like brakes and other things to make it. So trains weren't rolling, going off course or off the rails. Uh, And then Trump was like, fuck all that. We're taking all yeah. of those requirements away. Don't need to upgrade any infrastructure or make any of the improvements that were mandated from the previous administration. So uh, I think it's kind of scary, man. Like, I think I think nothing is gonna happen about this. Oh, and you know, the crazy thing is that the company that was responsible for it, like the rail company, mm-hmm. offered $25,000 total to go to victims. And I think if you, like, you know, people that were affected by the chemicals, and if you average it out, uh, I saw the article earlier, and I can't remember exactly what the number was, but it was less than ten dollars per person to like help with the recovery. <laughs> it was crazy. Twenty five thousand total. Do- yeah, dude, it's just like a massive fucking slap. To yeah, the face. I mean,
0: this is what happens when you put too much of an emphasis on the economy exclusively and profits and potential profits for companies. Uh, like more often than not, you're repealing somebody, some safety measure or some measure for balance and. I'll I'll use justice for lack of a better term. Like if you, if you let the train companies make more money, you do that by limiting the safety that is going towards not only the people, but the, the train conductors and the tracks and, and those immediately surrounding the areas where something like this could happen. You know, when things like that happen and you put money over everything, you're bound to have more issues like this occur.
1: Uncle Kyle, yes, it's a lot about advertising dollars. And I would go uh, a step further and say not so much entertainment as it is just like since Jesus Christ, I'm gonna blank on the word now. Uh, Since sensation, sensationalize, there we go. That's the right word. Okay, took me a second. I got there. Uh, Sensationalization. Is that a word? Probably is. It sounds like a real word. Uh, that, right? Like, so it's how many people can you draw in with those types of stories as opposed to just like, you know, good honest reporting. So I don't I don't totally disagree with you and I think that's that's on both sides of the political spectrum. Uh, I think I'm out of time so I won't push this any farther. Really quick, Jake, sorry, I had my heater on for the first half of this. I didn't even realize and it was probably Very annoying. Shy. Second of all, you have a kind of a weird feedback off your mic and it might just be me hearing it. So if anybody confirms, let me know. But otherwise, I keep hearing this like, it's like a hollow tone almost like every time you talk, it's kind of weird. That is weird. I don't know. Is this better?
0: Kinda. Might just <laughs> be in distance with my mic. Might be getting some echo. That's why I switched to the in ears last week. I was worried about echoing um, oh, coming yeah. through my headset, but I can always switch to the in ears if it continues. I don't know if anybody, it's if anybody bad. in the chat it's just can, like hear like it, uh, can hear it. Noticeable. Can hear what
1: Kyle's talking about. Let us know, because um, I'll definitely adjust as needed. All right. Anyway, that's the end of my topic. Crazy things happening in the world right now. Politics and stuffs. Politicking. Alright,
0: well, I'm gonna go up to a much less serious topic. As you may have noticed, the uh the the name of today's episode is soup, salad, or sandwich. <laughs> now, for a lot of people, you may have heard that when you go to a restaurant, you get a side, you get a soup, salad, or sandwich, or you get the Panera bread, which is gonna come up in a later topic for me today. Don't you worry, both of my topics are about food. I'm a hungry boy. <laughs> um This is something I saw on TikTok as I steal a lot of my content from TikTok. Thank you, TikTok. (laughs) Um, So these guys have a channel and basically the only thing that I've ever seen from them on TikTok is them discussing whether or not food items are soups, salads, or sandwiches. But these items are never... Any of those things? Any of those things. So we're going to go through a list of some food items. Okay. And I want to hear your opinion. Are these things soups salads or sandwiches
1: and have to pick one
0: you have to pick one okay we're gonna start off with gum (laughs) that's so
1: fucking stupid is it a soup a salad or a sandwich oh my god it's none of those things so that's
0: that's the point of this is it i guess
1: it is for me it's a soup i was gonna say it's probably a soup yeah because it's closer to a liquid than anything exactly and it's a consistent flavor throughout now, you're getting the topic really quick here. I like
0: it. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with soup. I'm also going with soup. Next up, fried rice.
1: Salad. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. I was really close to calling it a sandwich. It's a salad with some oil and heat. <laughs> Just a bunch of vegetables together, and then you throw in one random carb. Yeah, it's like a crouton. The rice is the crouton. All right, salad. We got we got our
0: answer there. Next up. Steak. Go ahead, I'll let you go first. Steak is a sandwich.
1: Okay. I want to hear your rationale.
0: If you cook a steak well, it's got a crust on both sides, a nice seared crust on the steak, which acts as the bun. The internals of the sandwich, or of the steak, are then the sandwich.
1: Okay. (laughs) So, to me it's a sandwich, but I could be swayed. All right, I'm gonna go with salad. If you do like mushrooms and onions on your steak, like when you go to Texas Roadhouse yeah. and they're like, do you want mushrooms and onions on your steak, grilled stuff, then it's a salad. It's a steak salad at that point, right? You put the vegetables theory. in there, it also it has to be a salad. Otherwise, I'll agree with you, it's a sandwich. If you just eat a plain ass steak, it's a sandwich. All right. And then whatever sauce you put on there is just like putting it on a, a sandwich. Pizza um
0: salad I think pizza is a soup
1: we it's lost almost it's like a it's, sandwich it's, it's like a cheesy tomato soup what's a sandwich Carly let's hear it and then
0: go ahead Jake I think it, it's like a cheesy tomato soup in a bread bowl
1: I don't think so I think I could argue either of the other ones and I don't think I could go to soup steak is a sandwich Okay, She's right. I mean, I don't disagree unless you put mushrooms and onion on it. Then it's a salad. You can't Steak put salad. mushrooms and onions on a sandwich? You could, but I feel like there's a lacking substance to the exterior. Like the crust, I can buy your argument that that is the bun. But if you start putting other shit in there, it's nothing's getting held on. It's All of a sudden, it's a salad. Everything's getting...
0: I've had buns where they put something on top. You, you get a burger, they put a little pickle on top. That's stupid. They do it.
1: I've never seen that. Well, that's silly well. shit. Okay, anyway, what was the next what were we working on? Pizza. pizza. No, it's a salad.
0: Is, pizza is a soup.
1: It's a salad. Um, what do you put in a salad? You do put, you eat a
0: salad with your hands?
1: You eat pizza with your hands. I could. Mm. Do you eat soup with your hands? If it's in a bread bowl. No, <laughs> do you drink it out of the bread bowl? Yeah. No, you don't. I don't, I don't believe you. you. Eat soup. I rarely eat soup. Pizza is, and Carly might be right, I mean, like, it's probably closest to a sandwich because you can fold it over, then you have the bun, then it is just a sandwich, you're just eating it like a sandwich. There's or you're just eating, there. like, a half sandwich all the time. But I still think, based on the ingredients, it's a, well, it depends on which type you make. Because if you're talking, like, pepperoni cheese, and that's it on your pizza with, like, the sauce, then it's definitely a sandwich. Yeah, I still think it's soup. But if you're making, like, a taco pizza, Salad still a soup. There's lettuce on that bitch. It's a salad.
0: You can put lettuce in a soup. <laughs>
1: Yuck. I don't disagree with you, but you could do Kale it. Kale in a soup is fine, because it holds its crunch. Lettuce would
0: get too soggy. All right. Next. You have your opinions, I have mine. Next up, french fries.
1: Mm. I don't know. Um. Sandwich? i think it's a salad i think if you eat two french fries at the same time and you dip them in some sort of a sauce it's a sandwich why is it a salad uh because you
0: it lays flat and it's got you can put toppings on it and
1: you can are make... we talking plain french fries here though or are we talking like tachos but with french fries
0: however you're imagining french fries my guy
1: if i imagine french fries i imagine french fries just plain but you don't have to make them plain (laughs) i'm just saying all right next up cupcakes cupcakes are a i feel like i very rarely say soup but this is to me, again, a sandwich. I think cupcakes are soup. You think everything is soup, and I don't, I don't agree with any of think Everything is these. soup.
0: Cupcakes are soup.
1: Carly also thinks everything's fucking soup. Why is a cupcake soup? Carly has a brain, Kyle. <laughs> she gets it. She definitely has a creative brain. I do not. I am not a creative individual. I think I take things at face value most of the time. So, I want to hear why it's a soup, though. I want to hear your justification.
0: If you look at the ingredients that you make a cupcake with, Mm -hmm. it's mostly soup. It's a lot of liquids with some dry ingredients, and when you eat it, a good cupcake is moist like a soup. If you have a dry (laughs) cupcake, it's probably (laughs) closer to a bad sandwich, but most cupcakes
1: are like soup. Oh my god, I can't deal with you guys. All right, Carly agrees with you vehemently. She thinks you are right on
0: point. I knew I liked Carly. (laughs) um next up a jolly rancher
1: soup too easy really a jolly rancher is a soup 100 percent. are you sure about that 100 you're positive yeah so positive i'm shocked we're getting you to uh, say something's a soup this one's easy i think the easiest ones to me for soup are ones that are a consistent flavor throughout and like you're just i can picture a jolly rancher as a liquid i guess yeah you know what i mean that makes sense just sits there and soaks. Alright. Popcorn. You didn't say what you thought for Jolly Rancher. It's a soup. Okay.
0: Yeah, that one's easy. Popcorn. Popcorn is a salad. Yes. Good call. That one was easy. There was yeah, pop- there was some argument soap. about popcorn being a sandwich.
1: Nah, nah. But to me,
0: salad. it's a salad. Yeah, it's um. A single ravioli.
1: You go first. It's a sandwich. <laughs> oh man. The fact that you say single I think changes the game somehow. It does. Cause it just wait till you get to the next one. It's multiple ravioli. It's a bowl of ravioli. <laughs> uh okay. Fuck. You know, I'm gonna take the argument from the crowd here because now I can picture this. So a single ravioli is a soup.
0: Mm mm. It's a sandwich.
1: It's like having tomato soup and grilled cheese. Mm-mm. You've got your interior tomato and then the uh, exterior of the ravioli is just like your grilled cheese. So a single, so you're admitting it's a sandwich because grilled cheese no, 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 is no. a sandwich. No, no, you're no, no. Saying the, this is the, tomato soup with a grilled cheese.
0: It's like you took a sandwich, opened it up and poured tomato soup in it, which is still a sandwich. It's just a moist sandwich.
1: No, I disagree. You're wrong. If you pour soup into a sandwich, it becomes a soup. No, it doesn't. It's an ingredient in the soup.
0: Anyways, uh, (laughs) a bowl of ravioli.
1: A bowl of ravioli is a salad.
0: Thank you. Okay. We're getting there. All right. I like this. I like this. All right. I I don't want to take up too much time here to make sure that we get proper time for yours. A bowl of cereal. Soup. Correct. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was really hoping you were going to say something else so i could argue with it there
1: and i no, was thinking about going with it peanut butter peanut butter is a soup peanut butter is a soup
0: might be a sandwich for me
1: i feel like my default answer was going to be sandwich, just because of a peanut butter sandwich but if it's just the peanut butter, it's a soup. I can see the argument at least. I can eat peanut butter out of a jar, and if you can just imagine it slightly more like viscous, it's a fucking soup. Yeah. I get it, it is a plant based soup. Alright. All right. And I can eat it by the spoonful. You got me there. Last one. An egg.
0: What style cook? Uh we'll go with scrambled. A scrambled egg is a salad. Yes, okay. We ended that one on the same page there, but all right, no, I got one more because this one, (laughs) we're going to argue about this one.
1: Beer. Beer's a soup. Beer's a sandwich. I can see where you'd go with that, but beer's a soup. It's a sandwich. Beer's a soup.
0: It's a sandwich.
1: It is predominantly liquid, and then you've added in things like hops and other ingredients that make it a soup. But most of the ingredients are found in sandwiches. Barley is. Doesn't matter. Sandwich. We, you're arguing you counter to a point you previously made. That's kind of the point of the game, Kyle. If you put everything, <laughs> if you put all of the ingredients of a beer in a bowl, what would it look like, Jake? It looked like beer. It looked like no, 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 not beer in a bowl. All the ingredients for beer in a bowl. It'd be a sandwich. You're just being a devil's advocate here. You know you're wrong. No, it's a sandwich. Beer is a soup. It is water and grains. Yeah. And like some flowers. It's
0: a wet sandwich.
1: <laughs> you're an idiot. You're just being a devil's advocate for It's an for sure. open-faced sandwich. You're right. We are arguing because this is dumb. Beer is a soup.
0: I, and that's why I wanted to end on it because I knew we'd argue about it. Carly does make a good point a in the chat, by the way, though, um, that over an over-easy egg, 100% would be a soup.
1: Yeah, it would be. Because of the liquid factor.
0: And a hard boiled egg is definitely a sandwich.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'll buy that. All right. Beer's a soup. Okay. Next. Jake, do you have a beer rating? Are Uh, you ready for that? Yeah, hold on. I'm ready to rate even though I'm not 100% done. Nice. That is like a dense. That is a smoothie beer for sure. This is so fucking good. Is it? This is a 4.75. That's a good rating. That this might be your highest of, yet since is, we switched to the 5 scale.
0: Of the Tavor beers, um, this is one that I ordered from them. This is the best one I've had so far. It's it's like drinking a, I could not tell you there
1: was alcohol in this. I know you haven't ever given a 5.0, so a 4.75 is probably the highest you've ever given.
0: I think I gave a 5.
1: I don't know that you did. I'd have to go back and double check, but I
0: think I gave one 5. I don't think that you did. I at least gave another 4.75. I know that.
1: Okay, if you say so. I feel like most of what I drink is threes. This uh, is a three seven five. This is pretty, pretty good, good for you. It's a pretty good beer. Um, I like all stouts, and to make the the interesting thing is that stouts, if you don't do something really unique with them, like a specific chocolate, like the Mexican chocolate peanut butter stout from Belching Beaver or something like that, they just don't stand out from each other in my opinion. It's yeah, kinda like have, a brown you ale.
0: To, you have to do good flavors with them yeah. to
1: get them to really shine. That's why I've started to force myself down the um, the sour train because I understand how much flavor profile they add to that and I don't wanna miss out on that in my life, especially while there's so much variety. Okay, 375 is what I said, right? Yep. That's what I meant, okay, good. Uh, do you wanna intro a beer, I'm assuming? Yep, give me
0: two seconds. I spilled a little on my brand new keyboard, so I had to... Uh, I'll
1: just give my cat a hug while we wait for you.
0: Kyle, uh, Uncle Kyle in the chat says he's got $20 on this Iowa beer. There's a company called BrewDog. He said Ohio. Or Ohio. That's what I meant. Um, there's Different states. There's a company called BrewDog in Ohio, and they made a beer that's 57.8% alcohol. Holy shit. They can legally only sell it in the state of Ohio. Did you get it somehow? I I can. Oh. But you don't okay. have it. I don't, <laughs> but Uncle Kyle was saying in the chat that he's got 20, 20 if we want to get it.
1: So one time it. I tried to ship my brother tequila because he couldn't get it in his area, and I had no idea that you couldn't ship liquor in the mail. I was like, why would that ever not be a thing? Uh, and I shipped it, and then I looked it up after the fact, and I found out that you can't do that. And sure as shit, it got confiscated in the mail. So... Yep. Uh, don't do that. You you ca-
0: you gotta you gotta really try to make sure it doesn't get taken. And I know a lot of people who do successfully ship beer. It might be the fine if you like did it non USPS too.
1: Like if you did like FedEx or something. But yeah.
0: Um, next up for me, I'm gonna stick with my kind of like berry crumble kind of thing that I've got going on. So this is Pontoon Brewings Snazberries Crumble, um, which is a Berliner style vice beer. With cherry, blackberry, blackcurrant, graham cracker, cinnamon, vanilla, and lactose. You want to know a fun fact about snozberries, real quick? Go on. Um, in the movie uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or the book, however you want to yeah. talk about it, they they mention snozberries, and they say the snozberries taste like snozberries. That author, in another one of his books, uses snozberries as a term for male genitalia. Hmm. So in the movie, they're essentially saying the penises taste like penis.
1: I don't remember that quote in the movie. I just the when you say that quote, I only like think of Super Troopers. Well, you should rewatch Willy Wonka. I need to rewatch Chocolate Willy Wonka. Yeah. I don't remember that being a line in that. But I also don't remember the last time I watched that movie. So, all right, my next one, and I'm going to regret this because this is a terrible combination with what I just drank.
0: Sometimes that's a good thing.
1: I'm going to drink a neutral and I'm going to drink a strawberry lemonade neutral, which is a vodka seltzer. Um, I've never had those. They are good. I I've haven't had this particular things. flavor. They are good. Carly is really into these and the Truly vodka seltzers right now. I haven't tried those either. I don't like Truly's though, so. You'd still probably like the vodka seltzer version. They're pretty good. I'm sure I would. Um, oh, it's the licking the wallpaper scene? Says yeah, I'll when they're
0: like the, the wallpaper that tastes like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Okay. Taste like I might remember that berries. now.
1: All right. Anyway, I'm gonna try this. It's gonna not go down well with a stout in my belly, but that's okay. I'm also gonna put it in this uncleansed glass of my stout. I tried to wash my. I have a water bottle here, so I tried to like wash mine out a little bit. So
0: I did that once
1: because I had a couple of like cups in here one time, and I like swished water around and then dumped it, and I just made a mess. (laughs) I'm not even gonna try. I respect it. All right, my next topic. This is an easy one, and I think it's relevant enough for both of us because you and I both did something within the last five years-ish, and I want to talk about it. And uh, I think you're gonna probably do it again, and I am also gonna do it again soon. So that is do's and don'ts or helpful tricks when buying a new car. Mm. And I think my biggest takeaway, if you will, from my recent experience, because I just got a new vehicle, is that whatever you do, used, new, or otherwise, if you're gonna buy the vehicle at night, which is sometimes common, because people go after work and you don't go on a weekend, make those fuckers pull that shit into the garage or whatever for you so that you can inspect the shit out of it. Yep. Because if you find something, the second you roll it off the lot, they're going to tell you it was your fault and they're not going to do anything about it. So specifically, this applies to new vehicles. Used vehicles, it's a little probably harder to even get them to do anything at all. But if you yep. are getting a new vehicle, brand new, look for scratches, dents, nicks, flaws in the paint, fucking anything. Yep. Uh, before you ever leave. And if you're buying a car and it's semi-dark out or the conditions aren't great, have them pull it in the garage for you with a good like, fluorescent lighting or whatever and look around the vehicle and try to look for um, any sort of problems. And then they will write up what they call, most or most people call a do bill, which is just, hey, them saying, yep, this is a problem, we're gonna fix it for you and take care of it at either now or a later date. So do that. Uncle Kyle, I'll talk about that in a second. Jake, I'll let you go first, or second. Um,
0: just a couple things that I have picked up, um, both from purchasing vehicles myself, talking to people who worked as car salesmen, people who still work as car salesmen. Don't ever tell the, the <sighs> dealer that you're looking for a specific price. Like yep. don't don't ever walk in there saying I'm trying to have my payment be $450 a month. Cause they yeah, will don't do that. find you a shitty loan that will get that they don't have to put in a lot of work to get you approved for and you're going to pay a higher interest rate than you probably need to on a longer loan than you need to. But it's gonna be the it's gonna be what it is. You know, they're, if you say, I want to get to 450, they'll get you there, but it'll be an eight-year loan. Yep, At a... like Uncle
1: Kyle just said, don't concentrate on the payment for sure. Exactly,
0: yeah. don't concentrate on that. And another one, if you were trading in a vehicle, don't tell them right away that you're trading in a vehicle. Get to the number that you want to get to before you trade in the vehicle, especially if you have that vehicle paid off. Yeah. Because th- they will screw you on it if you get, if say if you go in there, you know you wanna pay a certain amount for the car, you do have a monthly payment in mind at a certain interest rate, you get all of that. Now, you just got a $10,000 down payment on top of that because you can trade that car in and you it, it's gonna do better for you in the long run and this is contrary to how a lot of people think, do not get your car detailed, super clean, or yeah, anything do that. like that before yeah. you trade it in because the dealer- Don't spend a dollar on your car, yeah. Well, you can, sp- you can spend a dollar on it. That's fine. Like, I if, you have a couple, if you have a couple quick fixes you need to make so it doesn't look like shit, sure. But people, if you detail your car completely, you get to the car dealership and they test drive it, their brain, as soon as they get in that car as the used car manager, whoever evaluates their trade-ins, immediately goes, this is spotless. They wanted us to know it's spotless. They're going to train this car in no matter what we we tell them, and they will screw you on the valuation of your car. That's probably partially true, but... Um... I have had people from three separate car dealerships tell me this.
1: Yeah. So I, I tend uh,
0: to trust the advice here.
1: Let me get into my next point, which is a little bit counter to what you're saying. I don't just totally disagree with you, but just a slightly different look at this, which is, um, the big, the big one that uncle Kyle threw out here too. And I said, I was going to talk about it is don't get, or absolutely get pre-approved for financing beforehand. If you can avoid it, don't get dealer financing because A lot of the times what dealers will do is they'll be like, hey, we'll give you this incentive if you finance through us or whatever, right? But most of the time, if you go through your own financial institution or some outside third party on your own, you're gonna be able to get a better rate, which is gonna equate to some dollar amount that's better than what the dealership's gonna give you. Not always, I would say get pre-approved, figure it out, make sure your interest rate is what you want, before you even look at buying a car, because if you get shitty interest rate quotes before you even go to the dealership, then you're probably out anyway. Yeah. Um, so do that first and then see what the dealer offers. And if they offer the same interest rate plus some benefit, maybe you do want to go that direction. I don't know, but yeah, if you get have, the pre-approval first.
0: If you have good enough credit to qualify for some of these uh, companies like 0%, like 0% financing, if you have near perfect credit, and I'm talking, you know what your, like, you actually know what your credit score is, not what Credit Karma tell you is, tells you it is. Yeah. Like, if you have recently purchased a car, you recently purchased a house, you have, you know, a way to look it up, you pay to get it, it pulled or looked at, and you know it's going to be above an 800, because that's what they're looking for. They are looking for, like, top-of-the-line credit to actually give you that incentive. And that's how they trick a lot of people, by advertising that. And then people go in there thinking they have a good credit score, and they're like, "Ah, yep. man, you don't qualify for it, actually." But yeah. the, here's this f- five point nine back when you were—if you just went through your own
1: bank, you were getting two point five, like which is dramatic. But yes, sure, it's really
0: not that dramatic. That's a
1: pretty right now. That's a dramatic difference. Like you're probably not going to see that. Like I got a what I would consider a really good interest rate from my financial institution before I went and got my car, and the dealer offered me something. Close, but still above. And I told him right when I walked in, I was like, dude, you're not gonna beat the interest rate I have. And he's like, well, I don't know, let me look. I'm like, you're not gonna beat it, I'm sorry. He couldn't couldn't do it.
0: The, not the last car I bought, but the car before that when I bought my Jetta, my dad and I, we got pre-approved before we went through our bank. And we were at, I'll just say the percentages, we were at 3.7, which was pretty good for me considering I really didn't have a ton of credit. I was 22, 21, whatever I was. Um when we got to the Volkswagen dealership, they were like, let's just try it yeah, and we'll see. And we got me down to one, one nine, which yeah, that's awesome. It's, but again, even they said they were like, yeah, we probably can't beat that, but let's just see. And my dad was like, fine, whatever. Let's just see. And we got to 1.9. You're not going to say no to 1.9.
1: True. But the one thing that's counter to what you're saying is that, um, you don't necessarily want a lot of people pulling your credit. Correct. So if you're going to get a pre-approval, you need to try to get them to give you at least an estimate of what that interest rate is going to be before they pull your credit. They, okay. they really, said
0: they could at least beat three. They knew it would be below four. So we knew we were going to be
1: like in a close. close range. Okay. All right. Really quick, I want to touch on what you said, which is the the trade-in thing. And that is my my other point in this is that everything that you do at a dealership is negotiable. Everything. They need to sell you that car. You don't need to buy that car. Or even if you do need to buy that car, they need to sell it to you more than you need to buy it, probably. Right. And especially the salesmen themselves. And they'll play hardball and they'll do whatever they want to be nice. And the true lesson learned for me on this last one, which was I was, I thought I was doing a pretty good job negotiating, but I know after having left that I could have done better. Yeah. And so this is what I'll say don't be afraid to lowball a dealership. Yeah. Shoot for the fucking moon. Right. Like, Walk in, the sticker price, especially on used cars, because there's so much more room for them to negotiate on a used car. It is, you're almost never gonna be able to talk a dealership below MSRP on a brand new car. It's just not gonna happen, right? Um, But when it comes to a used car, they're trying to have this huge markup, so you have a lot more wiggle room between what they paid for that car and what you're gonna pay, or what they want you to pay. Um, And so, say a car is stickered at 19, right? And you're like, I don't wanna pay more than 15. Offer fucking 14.5. Right? Yeah. Like, lowball the shit out of them. Offer don't, 14. offer
0: don't offer what you want to be at. It's definitely not on the first offer. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I think that's a lesson learned for me, because the problem right now is if you go to a dealership and buy a new car, a lot of dealers are doing what they call dealer markups on news, new cars, because they can't maintain an inventory of used cars to build their profits, so they're trying to profit off of new cars above MSRP. And so I was going head-to-head with this fucker, and... He got me a little bit because, um true, yeah, maybe in the past it's been easier to get under MSRP, yeah. it's not happening now, period. You're not gonna do that right now. Maybe when the recession hits harder. <laughs> but right now, if you go to a dealer, they're gonna, so the dealer I went to wanted $7,500 over MSRP. And I the first thing I said to this guy when I got down at the negotiation table was like, listen, dude, I'm not paying your dealer markup. I'm not paying a dollar of it, sorry. I'm not doing it. And he's like, well, this is an exclusive model. and Turns out he was kind of right because the trim that I got in my vehicle was only available at this dealership within 150 miles. And I called three other dealerships to see if they ever got the trim and they all said, very rarely. So I was in a little bit of a unique situation with the specific trim that I was trying to get. But with that being said, I'm still fucking around with this guy for quite a while and I ended up getting pretty close to MSRP. I paid a little over just because I wanted the truck, but I wish I would have given that one more lowball offer before I accepted what I did. So right. that's kind of the takeaway there. But the place that I disagree with what Jake said earlier is that you need to get your value first before the used vehicle, because I was completely comfortable getting my used car value first, knowing what I wanted for it and also knowing what I wanted to pay for the vehicle, because I would have... I'm okay with going step-by-step through a negotiation, right? So we negotiated the price of my car first, and I wanted, uh, I think Kelly Blue Book was $8,000 for my car. They offered me $1,500 immediately off the bat, and I was like, you're fucking insane, right? That being said, my car had some issues, and some more issues were discovered as I pulled this shit up to the lot, (laughs) aka it started burning oil pretty bad. Um, So... I knew I wasn't gonna get eight. But I also wasn't gonna take 1500, right? So we go back and forth and then even with my car like burning oil to the point where it's smoking out from the hood, they ended up giving me pretty close to what I wanted. And so I'm okay with doing that first. But then we start attacking the price of the vehicle, right? And w- Which is when I started having this hardball argument with him over the uh, the dealer markups. And so we ended up getting to a place uh, that I wanted. So I think you can do it in any order, but the big thing is, is be willing to walk away If you don't get what you want at any point in the negotiation.
0: Yeah, that that's really the key.
1: Like if you get what you want for the used car, uh, uncle Kyle, I don't totally agree with you. I think if you can have source data for a value of your car, it can be very helpful, whether it be KBB or an estimate from CarMax or wherever, somebody that's going to give you a dollar amount for your car. That is like semi guaranteed can help you with negotiating. So it's like a little bit of, Something in your toolkit. Um, but anyway, the point is is like walk into a dealership being ready to walk out. Don't walk in saying, I'm buying this car today, no matter what happens. Yes, that, right? is, like, that was be my ready th- to walk away.
0: Big tip is just hopefully you have the ability to walk out of the dealership and say, you know what, I'm not doing it today. I'll shop around. Don't be afraid to drive somewhere to go get a car either. Mm-hmm. Like especially in our area. Buying a car near us is expensive. If I go in our north An hour south, an hour east, or an hour west, it's way cheaper. Like, way cheaper. You don't hit the same, like, you lit it's just like buying a house. Like, location is everything. If they don't have a ton of foot traffic in the door, they are more willing to work with you on the price. If you are going to a high volume, popular dealership that's in the area and it's a popular brand, they're Mm going to say, you know, if we don't, if you don't buy this car today, somebody might. Yeah, if they, which is, if they can't confidently say that they will work with you a lot more.
1: After I signed the paperwork for my car, because during the during the negotiations, that another person showed up at the dealership wanting to buy my vehicle, right? Yeah, and like I said, it's a unique trim, and so I'm sitting there and uh, they go, "Hey, some other guy showed up that wants to buy this." Sorry, and I looked at Carly and I was like, "This isn't just negotiation tactic. Fuck, em. like I don't give a shit about that, right?" So after we were all done, I signed all the paperwork. I was like, did that guy actually want to buy this truck? And they're like, yeah, he did. Like you yeah. were actually like straight up competing with this dude. And I'm like, oh fuck, good thing I didn't go crazy. But either way, but anyway, um, yeah, like Jake said, be willing to drive around or look around a little bit. And then the big thing is, is like, if you really like, if you don't have a hard problem, like, you know, I would say arguing, I guess, for lack of a better term, yeah. call another dealership while you're sitting there with the fucking salesperson and put them on speakerphone and be like, hey, I'm sitting at the Ford dealer, and I want to buy this vehicle at whatever town. He's saying I can get it for 52,000. What, what will you give it to me for? And if they're like 51, be like, all right, bro, I'm out. You know, walk out the fucking door, or tell them right there to lower the price. You know what I mean? So like, there's a lot of things you can do to negotiate, and so don't, don't make yourself pay more than you have to. Use everything that you can to get that price lower.
0: Yep, and if you don't get to the price you want, walk away.
1: Yep. Just walk away. 100%, you'll find it somewhere else. Exactly all right all right I went a little over time sorry you don't have a ton of time for your topic we can That's go on. fine
0: it probably won't take that long so an article came out recently of uh, some anal- market analysis that was done based off of restaurants and what people have decided or voted on as being the worst bang for their buck at certain restaurants okay um, these are a combination of fast food and fast casual so I want to run through the list real quick of the uh, most expensive based on the average cost of popular meals at 20 cities across the US. Number one is Panera Bread, $14.76. Uh for hospital second, food? For hospital food. Second is Chipotle at $14.34. Chipotle fucking blows? It doesn't, but that's fine. Uh, Blaze Pizza, which is LeBron's company. I don't think I've uh, ever had it. I haven't either. $13.72. Shake Shack, $13.50. Jersey Mike's, $13.23. Oh, I love Jersey Mike's. Mod Pizza twelve dollars and sixty eight
1: cents. Mod's not that good, bitch. Mod's not that good. I love. Mod. There are other people that do the same thing at Mod, as Mod and they do it cheaper.
0: Maybe. Um, Jimmy John's eleven dollars and six cents. Panda Express. Panda Express ten dollars uh. and thirty two cents. Wendy's nine dollars and eighty nine cents. Taco Bell nine sixty nine. McDonald's 8 oh, off. Eight eighty seven and Chick fil A $8.74. Okay, those are all the worst bang for the buck? Those are the most expensive fast casual slash fast food restaurants in the United States. Okay. Which of those do you believe the market has said is the worst bang for their buck versus what is your personal opinion
1: on what you think is worst bang for your buck? I feel like most people would say Panera is the worst bang for the buck. Panera came in fourth. That's surprising to me because Panera is pretty fucking pricey Panera and the food quality is pretty is fucking low. Ass. Panera
0: yeah. is the worst fucking
1: restaurant in the country. They have good soups, but even their soups are like probably bagged soups from something like Martin Brothers or a Sam's Club or some shit that's yeah. like a big fucking they store are. and they just dump it out of a bag and heat it up. Right. So it's like not worth your fucking money. <laughs> Go to fucking Costco and buy a soup.
0: Yeah. For me, Panera would also Panera would be the worst for me. I, I think it's terrible food. Jess likes it. I don't get it. I could make it at home a million times better. And there's one thing on the menu that I actually enjoy, which is the bacon turkey
1: Bravo. That's what I used to get, I think, too. The there isn't a single other restaurant that you named, I don't think, that I would say that their food quality was so bad that I was like, this is not worth my money. It's not necessarily that the quality is bad. It's
0: what has come become too expensive for what you get. The market. Okay, Good. Has very heavily said Shake Shack.
1: Oh, okay, so I'm just not as familiar with that. It's burgers. It's a I little know what pricier, they serve, just, but it's not like
0: I don't think it's that crazy. Like, yeah, I I just don't don't personally agree there. I think Shake Shack is fine. I think Panera is by far the worst bang for your buck. The best bang for your buck, in my opinion, is Panda Express.
1: Yeah, you, you get, get a fuckload of food from Panda. Food for yeah, 10 that's, bucks. That's probably true. Yeah, when you were reading off that list, I was like, man, they say that's really expensive, but Panda gives you a shitload of food.
0: I mean, McDonald's and Taco Bell, Like, I think it's just picking like the most popular ones. I'm I like, do
1: think that Taco Bell has gotten more expensive for what you get, because I find I saw, myself now, if I go through a Taco Bell drive-through, I'm spending like 25, 30 bucks, and I'm like, I dude, actually,
0: holy I shit. saw a different article that actually pointed out that Taco Bell has had some of the least impact on their prices
1: from inflation. That might be mo- like pretty true, but maybe I just ordered too much shit at Taco Bell because I'm really I drunk. Al- I don't know, but like drunk. I
0: always order too much shit at Taco Bell, so I'm going to go with that. Uncle Kyle in the chat says money. Chipotle. I'm assuming that's for worst bang for your buck, and I do
1: admittedly think there's an argument there. I just, just don't like Chipotle. I could count on my like one hand the number of times I've had Chipotle. I don't like Chipotle.
0: Um, blaze pizza and mod came in second and third respectively which is to be expected so especially when you're when you have people that are comparing fast food restaurants like their brain is comparing that to Little Caesars too, where you get a pizza for five bucks
1: even if you even if you think about like Papa John's right or like Domino's the pizza that you get from Papa John's or Domino's or one of the other big chains is a lot more food Mm -hmm. than what you get at like mod or any of those other like build your own pizza style places and it's probably pretty similar price like I can get a large Papa John's pizza and it's gonna cost me what, like 13 bucks and mod for like a personal size pizza is 10 so bang for the buck is definitely low for those places
0: I still love mod it's near and dear to my heart but um, fourth place like I said was Panera fifth place is chick-fil-a I want you to go in reverse order tell me the top ones I don't think we talked about that so say like what people are saying is the best bang for your buck
1: worst one through
0: four Oh, so Shake Shack was the worst. Blaze Pizza was the second worst. Oh, and then it's Mod. Okay. Mod Pizza. Okay, never mind. You and can then say that, Sorry. Yeah, okay. My bad. Followed yeah. by Chick fil A, Panda Fuck Express. That. No. No. Nope. Chipotle.
1: Sure.
0: Jersey Mike's.
1: Oh. Jimmy John's. Wendy's, Taco Bell, McDonald's. To be fair, the sub places have gotten pretty fucking pricey, and it's a sub after all, you know. Jersey Mike's, like, you talk bang for the buck, though. I think Jersey Mike's does better than Jimmy John's because I feel like Jimmy John's, like, really skimps on their ingredients sometimes. Yeah. And uh, Jersey's does not. They'll fucking load that shit on for you. Yeah,
0: I agree with you there. <clears throat> um, for me, I think if I were to reorder this list personally, uh, real quick, I would say... Pandas are
1: weighing plates?
0: I None of the pandas by me. I've yet. never I'm seen that. That's fucking a fucking four shame. Four days worth of food whenever I go there. Seems like
1: a real stingy Iowan thing to do.
0: Um, For me, if I were to go worst to best value-wise, for me personally, Panera number one, uh, Jimmy John's two, probably Jersey Mike's three, Chipotle four, I'm gonna exclude Blaze because I've never had it, Mod five, Wendy's six, Chick-fil-A seven, Taco Bell 8, McDonald's 9,
1: Panda 10. I don't need to rank them all. I don't have them ten in being me, the best. so it'll take me too long. But to make a long story short, I think people are very wrong about Chick-fil-A, at least. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is a value. Chick-fil-A is a little pricey, but the quality you get is so superior to a lot of other places that I'm willing to pay it. Yeah. Chick-fil-A okay. could be a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, agreed like the quality of food you get is is better than you compare a McDonald's cheeseburger to a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich
0: pff, what, There's I no th- comparison. I think there's an argument for consistency. I very rarely had a bad Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Whereas yeah. like especially comparing it to other chicken places like I've had bad Popeyes. I've had bad Raising Cane's. I've had bad
1: Yep. chicken yep.
0: tenders from other places. Like Yeah. There's it's a lot of shit chicken places out there. Yeah, it's very rare that That's I have another a problem with. The consistency.
1: With Chick-fil-A. The consistency across
0: Chick-fil-A's is so good. The only restaurant that I think has worse consistency or better consistency than Chick-fil-A is
1: Panda. I if, I don't think I agree with that. I think I think the they only- are I think Chick-fil-A is just above Panda. Pandas pretty close it's, but I had some a, it's like a 1A 1B panda. situation
0: at best. Okay. The right. worst I as much as I love it, the worst consistency on here is Chipotle because sometimes I've had Chipotle where I'm like this has no flavor. Chipotle sucks. And other, it, you you got to know what time to go and what cooks are working because <laughs> it matters.
1: All right, that's all we've got today. I'm cutting Jake off. We're over time. This has been another episode of the Two Average Husbands podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. As always, you can follow us on number two AVG Husbands on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can follow us on YouTube uh, at uh, full spelled out Two Average Husbands by hitting the bell and the like, subscribe, all of those different things on all of those platforms. If you don't wanna watch us live, which you should because it's the best way to view this podcast. Especially um, because
0: I suck at getting us uploaded onto that.
1: Yeah. Jake's probably a little behind. I don't even know. I I don't even look anymore to see what's uploaded. Jake might be 10 episodes behind right now and I have no idea.
0: It's not that far. Maybe three. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Uh, But anyway, we do go live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. So find us there. But if you don't, we're pretty much streaming everywhere after the fact that you can go without video. So things like um, Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you want to find us. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Perry underscore FF. And we do have the number two AVG husband's Twitter account that I already mentioned. I am not on social media anymore, so Jake is forced to have to deal with all of that shit. So uh, he probably will do most of it via his personal if I had to guess. Other than that, I don't have anything else to say. Jake, you can close this up. Before I wrap us up, rate your beer. beer. (laughs) Um, This is okay. 3.25.
0: I'm going to actually just follow suit with you there. I agree. This is a good beer, but following the first beer, it's a disappointment. But that has been another episode of Two Average Husbands. Like Kyle said, follow us where you like to follow your other podcasts, your other favorite YouTube channels, your other favorite things to listen to on Spotify, be that music, be that audiobooks, I don't know, whatever it may be. Tell us what you want to hear. We're open to discussing topics that people want to talk, want us to talk Come about. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. I'm really gonna heavily try and bully Kyle into streaming video games occasionally on the weekends, uh, maybe some weeknights. Who knows? We'll get it figured out. At minimum, I swear too much. At minimum, it'll be my perspective, and you'll hear Kyle in Discord <laughs> screaming. probably yelling at his cat to get off his keyboard
1: he does do that sometimes
0: (laughs) but this has been another episode of two average husbands thank you all for tuning in we will see you all in next week's episode and as always don't forget to tell somebody